Good morning, everyone, again. Thank you, Austin, for helping with um, pictures. And um, this is the title of, of, of the message today, A Precious Cornerstone Taken from Scripture. I love to take, take right out of the Bible and make that uh, the title and draw from that. Uh, I mean, think the pastor should preach the word. Amen? A couple of you. I believe in it with all my heart. That we're different from any other organization. Why are we different? Because Jesus is not merely an organization. The church is not merely an organization, but it is a living by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, we are living. We are alive. We are more alive than without Jesus. Amen? Jesus comes to give us life. What, what, when do you feel the most alive? You know, I'm, I'm kind of opening it up. When do you feel most alive? Maybe it's an adrenaline rush. Maybe it's something, you know, in the natural. But really, when it comes down to it, my most feeling of, uh, of being alive is when I recognize the Spirit of God is in this place. The Spirit of God just spoke to me. The Spirit of God just reminded me of something. Or it was a beautiful sunset. We see so many brilliant colors this time of the year. God is in the midst. God has not forgotten us. God has not going to leave you or forsake you, no matter where you go in this life, no matter where this life takes you. There is a God in heaven who has a great plan, and our, our responsibility, our, our encouragement is to keep on trusting in the Lord. So a precious cornerstone taken from the second chapter of First Peter. Paul said in Corinthians, before we get to the second chapter of Peter, chapter 3, verse 11, he said, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. What he was referring to is that this is the foundation of the church. Jesus Christ and him crucified was the emphasis of Paul's message. But many in his time weren't sure about this man named Jesus, just as it is today in our world, around the world. Many people are not sure about this man, Jesus. And what's hard to understand and fathom is that many people have never heard the proper name of Jesus. It's so unbelievable, but yet it's true. And so the mission of the church is to present, proclaim, Live out the name of Jesus because he is precious. How do we describe precious? I thought about this. It really has to do, in my thinking, it's priceless. You can't put a price on the, on the name of Jesus. It's unfathomable. I can't even say the word. Unbelievable. Uh, another word. 
beyond us. So as we read the text, Peter begins at chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, there it is again, therefore. He had just been talking about the, basically the shortness of this life. He, previous verses, all flesh is like grass in verse 24 of chapter 1. All its glory like the flower of grass, the grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Let's kind of pick it up a little bit. We can get discouraged when you plant something and it withers. But the word of God never withers. It remains forever, and this is the word which was preached to you. Now he says, therefore. The emphasis is going to be on the, on, on the word of God beginning in this first part of the, of the chapter 2. Therefore, putting aside all malice, guile, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Oh, there's a whole bunch of bad things. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Put it away. And like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. What is going to cause us to grow in our inner man is understanding more of the word of God. The word of God is that which helps us grow. Grow in what? Grow in our faith and our understanding of who we are in Jesus. Understanding that who Jesus is and who he said he is. Understanding that my, my future is in his hands. Now, last Sunday, we had a newborn babe with us. And uh, I think we even made notice of that and introduced. And a good sign is when a babe is hungry. It's a good sign. And says Peter's making a, an illustration like newborn babes long for the pure milk. In other words, long for that which is truth. Long for that which is going to feed your inner man. God's word is absolutely foundational to our growth. I can read all kinds of books about the Bible and maybe be inspired, but I must read the Bible. I must read the word of God. How many are with me? I must take time to make sure that my priority is what is it that the Lord is saying to me? What is the Lord saying in your situation? I believe God has something in his word for your very situation that you're facing even now. How many times maybe you've opened the word of God and just maybe you were going through your regular devotional reading and, oh, man, that's just exactly what I needed. How does that happen? Because the word of God is living and active. Right? It's going to keep going on and on forever. It is alive and well. How do we know that the Bible is true? How do we, you know, some people would say, well, that's just an old book. That's maybe your opinion. That's maybe your, their opinion. 
But it's more than that because the scripture says, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God. Paul was ministering to his son Timothy in the Lord. It's good, it's inspired by God and profitable for teaching or reproof, correction, or training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good I would have I would have I would have nothing to say except by the word of God. I cannot think deep enough, I cannot come up with a plan, I cannot have the wisdom except by the help of the word of God. The psalmist cries Thy word is a lamp to my feet, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. It will guide you in your decisions. It will teach you, even in the night. The word of God, as you're reading, how many have had times when the word of God spoke to you in the middle of the night? Or maybe you're driving on your way to work and you somehow, the word of God came to you. That's the Holy Spirit helping us be reminded. That's because we know where our strength is. And God knows what we have need of. In order for me to grow, I must dive into the word of God. It was never wasted time when I seek the things that God has spoken to us. The early church learned this and modeled it and demonstrated, and they were continually, Acts 2, verse 42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They didn't have written Bibles like we had, have now. But they, were, they recognized that the apostles were teaching that which was coming from the Lord. And they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. When God was calling me to become a pastor, I struggled with it. wrestled with it. I felt like Moses. I can't talk. I can't. There's other people better. But when I found that if I would seek him, it was still there. It would keep coming back. And so one of my first Absolutely, first sermons probably that I preached to myself was in a little abandoned house that I had bought when I was a young man, just out of high school, and it was all, it was a little farmhouse, and I was trying to fix it up, and I go over there and get alone, and I was, I was seek the Lord, and I just started walking the floor, and I started praying out loud. I just started talking to the Lord. Well, we had a little meeting. 
And that was one of my first times I can remember I felt his anointing. And I felt it was he that was speaking to me to speak through me. Those were some of the beginning of the training grounds. And I found out that that habit needed to continue. To make it a, a habit of mine to get alone and, and walk and talk to Jesus and then listen. And if he brings a verse, begin to proclaim it out loud. Faith comes by hearing. You can do this in your own privacy. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so when the enemy comes in to kind of hinder and try to knock you around and discourage you, you begin to proclaim the promises of God. Because if you've, you've read the scriptures, you know where to at least look for them. Maybe you haven't memorized it, and it's okay. You don't have to memorize all the scripture, but memorize a few, some real good ones. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. David loved to worship the Lord his God in much of the psalms we have because of David. He was a man who hungered and thirsted. He was like a newborn babe who wanted and desired the things. You know, when we come to realize it's God that's speaking, it changes everything. God changed Job when he was frustrated. Job was at his hands, at his wit's hand. And why, why, Lord? And God began to speak. All the friends that came by to Job said, you know, you got this problem. You, you know, you're holding out on God. You're, you're trying to hide sin in your life. And it on and on went. And Job had enough. And then God stepped in and Job shut up. He just received it. He said, uh-huh, uh-huh. Basically, yes, sir. And things changed. Things turned around. And God gave back to Job. And sometimes the enemy comes in to test us. God allows it. I don't understand at all. But I know that God, if God is helping us, that we're going to win. We're going to win this thing. We're going to win in the end. We're going to win because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You're going to win because of Jesus Christ and the word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit that is in you. So number one, it's longing for the pure milk of the word. Number two, it's lining up with Jesus. Now the cornerstone is mentioned, verse 6, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a precious uh, a a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. Now, it's just not an ordinary stone. It was, and when you built buildings, when, you, when the architects or whoever, the, the builder, we would look for a certain stone, it had to be the right dimension and had a kind of a corner in it because it would, it would help keep the corner straight. For a masonry man like myself, the block would be a, a special block, an L corner or a corner block, that's where you started your corner. That's what determined you run your line off to square the walls in. And I want you to envision Jesus being the cornerstone. You're getting your directive from him. You're lining yourself up with the cornerstone of Jesus. Everything goes back and leads back to the cornerstone of Jesus. 
See, the Word of God does us only as much good as we put into practice. And when Jesus was referring to the uh, man who built his house, Matthew 7, verses 24 and 25, there was a man who built his house, a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The other man, you know, he built it just to get by. And you know what happened? The storm came. You see, there's always a storm coming. There's always one more storm that's going to come. And we've got to be tied in. We've got to be anchored in the solid rock of Jesus. How many are with me? When you choose Jesus Christ, you are anchored into him. And you can, you can withstand because of the power of Jesus that lives in you. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. We learned that song in Sunday school. The rains came down and the floods. You, you're already thinking about it. Wonderful truth. Where is my anchor? My anchor must be in the Lord Jesus. Surely cannot be in this economic world. Surely it cannot be in the political field. My anchor needs to be in the bedrock. The precious cornerstone, here's what we notice in verse 6. This is taken out of, Peter used the word of God as he preached. If you look back and see how Peter preached after the day of Pentecost, he preached the history and, and the scriptures that he already knew. And here he uses scripture from Isaiah. Behold, I lay in Zion a precious, a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be dis disappointed. That's a wonderful verse. He who believes in him will not be disappointed. God is not going to disappoint us. God is not in the business of making a, a joke or sport out of us. God is in the business of changing our whole in, inner man. That where we once, once thought was so important, what we thought was so, that we had to have it in order to be happy, Jesus takes and makes us content in every circumstance, in every situation. The fact of the matter is, we realize we don't really need a whole lot. Come on, if we have Jesus. Pretty soon the whole thing begins to uh, Turn around. We got to talking about money at um, men's breakfast. Somehow the millionaire, the lottery thing came up. I don't know. We get into all kinds of subjects. But the subject was that most people that get, get rich so quick, oftentimes it destroys their life because they get their minds off the things that are really of value. And it's just like the enemy. If he can steal from us to try to to get our minds and our hearts, get our attention off the things that are important. That's what we are anchored in. And we remember our Lord Jesus holds us steady. The steadfast, here's a verse from Isaiah 26. 
3 and 4. The steadfast of mind that will keep in perfect peace. You ever have trouble sleeping at night? I know sometimes it happens. Maybe you drink too much coffee. Maybe you got so much to do you don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know. It, it happens. But we can even turn it over to Jesus. The steadfast of mind that will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. That's the, whole, that's the whole bedrock of our faith. We trust in God. It's God's promise. Our health is in God's hands. Our future, it's a God's. It's up to God. That's why we say, if the Lord's willing, we have no guarantees, but we still can pray the prayer of faith and believe God that he is going to guide us. For trust, for, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Notice this wonderful little verse. For in, the, in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. The rock never changes. He's with you always as we line ourselves with him. You see, sometimes we get out of line. We get off course. But the good news is we can get corrected. We can get correction from the word of God. We can get help. He doesn't throw us away. He still has plans to bring you back in. That's because he's a good shepherd. The shepherd doesn't go out and beat the sheep. He leads the sheep. He loves the sheep. He establishes a relationship that if you stray, oh, I remember. I got off track. I know where to go back to. I go back to the Lord. It's just like parents. Parents who are loving their kids and trying to do their best. There's no guarantee our kids are going to make the right choices, but hopefully they remember where they, what they learned and will come back. And that's what we can claim as the promises of God. And so thirdly, the passage in First Peter speaks about living stones. Interesting terminology because I, I don't think of stones as living. I see them on the ground and just a, it's just a rock. You made me kick it out of your way. But in the scripture, and Peter is addressing this whole idea of I think there was a lot of rocks, and there is a lot of rocks in Israel. And probably Jesus perhaps could have laid some of those stones himself. But they understood masonry. They understood rocks. So that's what they had for a lot of building material. And then Peter takes uh, from verse 5, he goes... You also as living stones. 
are being built up as a spirit. Have you ever picked up rocks that absolutely, this is amazing, everyone's different? How does God do that? Oh, they may have some real close similarities, but if you look very closely, everyone is different. Hello? Every one of us are different. Oh, we're pretty, you know, we do have a lot of the basics, you know, pretty close to having everything. But in, in our personality, we're all different. Wouldn't life be boring if it wasn't that way? If we all were cookie-cutter, march in, sit down, don't, you know, it would be absolutely ridiculous. God chooses you and I to be who he's created you to be. And you're alive because he comes to dwell in you. And this living stones are being built up a spiritual house. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, so I'm one rock, but there's another rock. And we're going to join together to help build this whole entire building that's called the church or the body of Christ, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. Remember when Jesus was coming to, prior to the crucifixion, remember that story? Jesus was riding on a donkey, and some of the, the people were giving praise to the Lord, laying down palm, palm branches to demonstrate their, their love for the Lord and probably their appreciation for what he's done for them. And the disciples said, well, Lord, should we tell them to be quiet? What did Jesus say? No, let them praise me. If they don't praise me, then I'll command the rocks to praise me. He can do that. He can take a dead, stale, just a plain, ordinary rock and put life, a life that stems from the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we don't leave him in the grave. Jesus is alive and well. He overcame death. He overcame sin. He overcame all that was facing him. He overcame the tempter, the devil in the wilderness. He overcame, on and on it goes. When you feel the pressure, when you feel the tendency that you're losing control, we've got to have an anchor. We've got to be tied in. We've got to be the one that knows where our source is. When I feel most alive is when I know that Jesus has, has spoken, or I sense his presence. And I love it when I sense his presence, because I know he's there always, but I love it to feel him once in a while. I love to sense, and sometimes I just, it, it's, so, it's so wonderful, I just want to cry. And that's a good thing. Or I want to rejoice. They'd be quickened. Because there's so much in this life that is bidding for us. That is trying to distract you. 
the enemy's go good, so good, so good, as if he gets you to stop thinking where your strength is. The thief comes only to steal. This is from John's Gospel 10, verse 10. The theme, thief comes only to steal. What is he trying to steal from you right now? We need to look up. He says, but I came that they might have life and may have it, may have it more abundantly. It's not about the abundance of the treasures of this life. It's about the true treasure that lives within. Amen. Ah. Remember when we used to sing that old song, little as much when God is in it. Right? Labor not for whatever things that are in vain. You can leave your sins behind. He can heal you from your past that torments you. It's a treasure that is priceless. In Paul's letter to Corinth, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, I'm ending with this. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Who's the earthen vessel? You and I. The earthen vessels can be broken. The earthen vessels are subject to pain. The earthen vessels are subject to weaknesses, subject to decay, or subject to becoming fragile. My mother, she had a whole, an old hut that had all the fine china. I don't know where she got it from. Probably some of it was passed on, maybe. But we never got to use the fine china except on special occasions. Remember that, Linda? It, it was maybe it was Christmas, maybe it was Thanksgiving, or maybe when some special people came. But all of a sudden I would say, I don't, I don't know if I want to eat with this looks so nice. How many know what I'm talking about? You put out your best, but it just it's just basically a little elegance. But we just wanted the food. Really, what comes down to? All the money of this world cannot, cannot and will not fill the emptiness. God said, he didn't say you couldn't have money. He said to the love of money, don't let, don't let your heart get set on it. All of a sudden now that becomes your source. That's not where he wants you to go, does it? So the treasure is where, where the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself is a treasure, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not, for, not from ourselves. Here's what it really comes down to. Jesus is building his church. Jesus is building his church, his body, all around the world. We are a part of that 
here. Other believers in our community are a part of the whole church. When one member gets blessed, we all say, yes, rejoice. If one member suffers, we go, we suffer, bear with him. It's about living stones. 